recording. Wait, I'm not. <laughs> how is this? How does this happen every time? I don't like it without an intro. <laughs> it's the all you can eat show. I don't know, but you told me I did fine the first couple of times, and then you told me I'm not allowed to say like "Welcome back to okay, the All You welcome, Can Eat" podcast. You can say "Welcome." Or back. this is Tom and Alice. I'm not allowed to make any little introductory how do you noises. Have stage fright. It's just me and you. <laughs> no, but I just don't know how to start if I'm not allowed to make like okay. some introductory statement. And now I don't. You're a greyhound. <laughs> I just don't know how to get started, but it's okay. Now I'm rolling. Now I'm okay. good to go. <laughs> we're, we're moving. Now. now you're rolling. Yeah, that's what most people would say is happening right now. <laughs> I've, I have my coffee that I have this morning. Wasn't too bitter? <laughs> no. You waited, right? Alice Shattuck no. will not. This is, this is one of the wonderful things about uh, being married to Alice is that she won't. She she was salty at me a couple weeks ago and wouldn't let me pour her coffee while it was still brewing because it's too bitter when it's still brewing. It's only after- that's true. Right at the beginning of the brewing yeah. process, it comes out stronger. And so then, first of all, then you get a cup that tastes like you're chewing literal coffee grounds. I don't know if this is just our coffee maker or what, mm. but I cannot drink the first few cups. I have to wait for the the coffee maker to fill up and then i can drink the okay. coffee and tom thinks this is like in my imagination how many or times do you flick the light switch before you leave each room alice exactly 26 right no no it's not in my head this no, is a true okay. this it's is okay. a true thing this is a true thing that happens the coffee at whispering meadows is going to be just <laughs> perfect alice and you get to hold the ball and talk about it but only while you're holding the ball and the ball has to get passed to somebody else it's funny, though, because there is, like, a bunch of discourse right now in the um, in the media about coffee in general and whether or not, like, it's bad for you. There's always been sort of this uh, scientific debate, right? It's kind of like the is... I mean, everybody thinks drinking to excess is bad for you, but, like, right. is a glass of wine a day with dinner going to kill you or not? Kind of right. like, because there's a bunch of people who think that, like, any scrap of anything is always bad. But, mm -hmm. I mean, there's some evidence, too, that cuts the other way. And in general, my philosophy tends to be if the evidence is so unclear that there's studies that show it in both directions, then it's probably just fine. Like, right. do, and also, do what makes you happy. If you like drinking coffee or you like right. having a glass of wine, then do it. And if not, then don't. But there is like not super strong evidence in any particular direction. Well, and also these studies, by and large, these studies are meant to break news, right? Right. Of one kind or another. So the study that says coffee, um, you know, m makes you more nervous and jittery is not going to do anything because everybody knows that study. But the newest thing that I saw in coffee was that though it's a diuretic, it is actually very hydrating because of the amount of water, which is a new one because it used to be it's a diuretic and it's, it's going to make it dehydrate you dehydrate. Right. Yeah, I always learned you have to drink two glasses of water for every glass of for every cup of coffee that you drink because it may. I, who knows? I don't know. I personally, as you know, I'm not a big fan of drinking water, so correct. <laughs> so I just drink coffee and I don't. Uh, and when not pregnant, once it's been sitting alcohol. for a bit, um, she will drink coffee. So, anyway, but then um, Alice Shattuck, who orders an iced coffee without ice or minimum ice. Well, I don't. Usually, they charge you more if they do that. I order all drinks without ice because you don't like joy. No, because a I, I, 
in some respects, I'm actually a European. Like, the blood is mm -hmm. strong in me or whatever. You know, that's and not I, one of the good things about Europe. <laughs> is that they don't have ice. I don't know what to tell you about it, but I just don't like my drinks super cold. I just don't. It's... I feel like I absorb it better if it's more like room temperature. <laughs> so I don't want my water or anything to be super cold. Um, Can we tell the story of the also first though, time you also slept though, over wait, my house, Alice? Wait, no. Also, <laughs> wait. Um, because the other thing about ice is that... Well, there's two more things about ice. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of things about ice. <laughs> One is that it makes the drink too cold. <laughs> which is a problem. Two is that if you're drinking out of a cup, like that's without not, a straw. Uh, on Family Feud, that's not an answer that comes up. <laughs> Top 10 complaints about ice. Makes you drink too cold. The consensus of one answer. Are you going <laughs> to... <laughs> Problem two. Oh, no. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> if you're sipping something out of a cup, then it bumps into your teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fiery collision. I know. I know. I don't like the ice bumping, bumping into your teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no way around that either. And then if you go on order. There's three? Like, there's another thing? There's a third reason, yeah. <laughs> it comes in threes. But there was another reason, a third reason. There's three big reasons Just I don't like record, ice. by the way, we haven't started the show. <laughs> Go ahead. This is an important food topic. This okay. is why I always order with no ice. Restaurants, McDonald's, coffee shops, everywhere. The third reason is that if you're ordering a beverage somewhere and they fill the cup with ice, mm -hmm. then there's no room for any of the actual beverage and you're just drinking like coffee flavored water by the end of your drink. It's such a waste. Oh, and this isn't one of my isn't reasons. Isn't coffee coffee flavored water? <laughs> well, but it's stronger. <laughs> I don't want like... But not too strong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't it's want just... the whole cup to be full of ice. Right. And this is not my reason, but this is another reason that I actually heard Michelle McPhee give once on the radio and I was like, oh, wow, mm. that actually makes a lot of sense. Is that... Um, when you go to a restaurant and you order like some fancy beverage, like you order even like a sparkling water, like a Perrier or something, you're buying this expensive fancy water and then they put the dirty ice in there that comes out of the dirty. Have you ever seen a restaurant ice machine? They're I have. Filthy. And <sighs> the restaurant people put their filthy hands in there and touch all that. And then that's in your cup with your expensive water that you bought. Like it's gross. I don't know. I never order I always specifically request no ice Man, in everything Man, the restaurant I order. people listening must be thrilled at the prospect of you coming in. <laughs> I am a restaurant The filthy person. restaurant people put their filthy mitts in there. I've been a filthy restaurant person, and I know how You put how your raw hand in the ice bucket? Yeah. You didn't, you'd prefer not to use a scoop. <laughs> Do you like the rice to be jagged so that your, your hand is raw by the end of the ship? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, yes. The point Guys, that I was is, getting this to... is the, a diary of a high maintenance <laughs> woman is Alice. I don't think ordering no ice is that high maintenance. Uh, no, In the, the last seven minutes things... has been. I mean, obviously, I'll be submitting this to your psychologist, but this has been a look into some of the challenges you seem to have with things that others of us i don't have a problem with ice ramming into my teeth i don't think many people do but if you guys do let us know it's all you can eat i don't pod, like I it think, and i don't like it okay 
Anyway, so the reason I brought all this up before we started here mm -hmm. was that um, Esquire had a big article that people were talking about, <clears throat> about um, people saying that it, everyone should quit drinking coffee. That it's unequivocally bad and that, as their subhead says, a growing chorus of concerned former addicts are trying to wake people up to caffeine's negative effects. Oh, these addicts of other things or addicts of coffee? Addicts of coffee. Oh. <laughs> concerned former coffee addicts. <laughs> so then it goes into the story of this um, U.S. Navy officer who like started to fall apart and had all these problems because he was drinking too much coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, he now believes the source of his medical issues was neither a disease nor a mental illness. Rather, he attributes his health decline to caffeine, the most commonly used socially acceptable psychoactive substance in the world. For years, he'd been consuming close to a thousand milligrams of caffeine per day. So that's about it's about 10 cups of coffee. It's about one thing of our coffee maker, basically, because one cup of coffee. This is always shocking to people when I say this. Yep. Um, like in pregnancy, they tell you to have two, you can have up to two cups of coffee a day, but by cup, if you press them, they mean eight ounces. Is that what this is? No. This it's is smaller than that. Oh, really? Oh. So they mean it's time that by cup, they mean, you know, on the side of the coffee maker, it goes up to 12. Yeah. They think that's 12 cups of coffee. Right, that's ridiculous, obviously. Yeah, so, they don't so, serve that small I know. amount. So it was funny because when I was pregnant with our first child, the store that I worked at, one of the girls was like, oh, you can have two cups of coffee a day as I'm holding like my venti Starbucks drink. And mm -hmm. I was like, but this is already two and a half cups of coffee. And she was like, no, that's one cup. It's like Oh, one it's just a cup. cup. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, but they by cup, they mean, they mean eight ounces and this is 20 ounces. Yeah, so, you know. The 10 cups, it's not as hard as it sounds like to get to 10 cups of coffee a day. We probably, we probably drink like maybe six cups each a day. I don't know. Anyway, it was two and a half times the daily. I mean, I, I drink daily... just enough a day. It, I, mean, I use coffee in the morning as speed. And I think you do too, probably. Yeah, so does everyone. Yeah. But I think that's what people are complaining about is they're saying that like this is essentially the country, the world's like most acceptable drug addiction. That yeah. everybody's. It's a good one too. Yeah, nearly 80% of the adults in the U.S. consume caffeine in some form. Two-thirds of American adults drink it every day. And they talk about how, like, there's all the shirts and cups that say, like, not before I've had my coffee. Yeah. And, like, all that stuff that, like, we don't question it because we're you know, all junkies and addicts. That perception is increasingly being challenged by a small but growing choir of lay people and experts making a concerted effort to raise awareness about the potential downsides of caffeine dependence. Caffeine is wildly misunderstood, says Mark Johnson, a 34-year-old video producer in Greenville, South Carolina. Ugh. Johnson's recovery from caffeine started three years ago when he began to suspect that coffee was the source of his personal and professional problems. Keep it to yourself, my friend, Okay. <laughs> As a commercial videographer, he creates TV spots and YouTube videos for major brands. The hours are long, and at the time, Johnson was creatively unfulfilled and felt he was burning out. He used caffeine to power through his week, drinking multiple bang energy drinks a day on top of his morning cup of coffee. The fact that they're telling these stories this way about caffeine makes me doubt everything about all the human interest stories about addicts that have ever been told. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, first, are first they all, all this First of all, you found BS? two men already. I'm worried for this nation. That these guys are kvetching like this. 
I felt terrible all the time, he says. During particularly acute periods of anxiety, Johnson would experience derealization, a sense of detachment from one's surroundings, or the dreadful feeling that the physical world as you perceive it is not actually there. By the way, by the way, your like opinion on coffee and how much you like or don't like it doesn't have to be a mini series. It's like these people think, you know what? My affliction with this liquid here needs to be documented somewhere. I need to be platformed to tell the world. Nothing big has happened here. You're just drinking less coffee or more coffee. Depending. He investigated the causes of his anxiety and eventually discovered our decaf, a Reddit forum for people struggling with caffeine. Thus began the cycles of quitting, withdrawal, and relapse whenever he needed to crank out a project at work. The first time he suffered withdrawal from caffeine, Johnson slept more than 14 hours. Sounds but awesome. <clears throat> Sorry, 14 hours a day for a week and felt oh. suicidal. I'm not a naturally depressed person, but I laid around all day. He says, you feel like there's no point in life. I think this guy's problems go deeper than a cup of coffee. So. Um, so the members of our decaf use the language of addiction, sobriety, relapse to describe also, their the relationship with caffeine. At no particular business. Tell me his tells me and he's sleeping 14 hours a day. Tells me his employment status is a little more precarious than he's letting on. The latest edition of the DSM, the official reference guide for defining and diagnosing psychiatric conditions, lists caffeine withdrawal as a condition but doesn't include caffeine use disorder. The American Psychiatric Association, the organization that oversees the manual, says it's considering caffeine use disorder for inclusion in the next edition. Oh, So you're right, Alice. It's all a lie. Right. No, there's so no nothing. So, yeah, it makes me doubt that alcoholism is real. Like, Nothing, to be honest. No ism is real, <laughs> Communism, alcoholism, no ism is there. Uh, there's evidence some individuals are psychologically and physiologically dependent on caffeine. The prevalence of caffeine use disorder is unknown, etc. So they're trying to, like, really make this a thing. Well, and then the next part is, of course, and you got to start suing caffeine coffee makers. Oh, yeah, like the cigarette people and, mm-hmm. and you know, start... Not letting kids go to Starbucks and all well, the I other mean, stuff. I mean, you you, you got to sue. It's funny, though, because historically, caffeine was viewed that way. Caffeine was very new in Europe around, like, in kind of the Enlightenment centuries, like, leading up to the French Revolution. So, and it was considered sort of, like, dangerous. Like, these revolutionaries were gathering in coffee houses and doing huh. doing coffee together and getting ideas and stuff. Well, they were also drunk. At the same time. <laughs> well, everyone was struck. You're right. But, no, but um, and it is interesting because, it, and I've kind of always thought that a little bit that it's funny how we treat coffee as like such an because people are I mean addicted in the sense that like I get headaches if I don't have coffee if you know and in the morning and stuff people do yeah but it's also like a really useful and good drug as you point out it makes you more functional Mm -hmm. and and so a lot of people get a lot out of it and you know they they go on to talk about in this article how there are studies showing that caffeine has protective effects against some types of cancer dementia parkinson's disease um coffee is a leading source of antioxidants big big asterisks on this part too. coffee is a leading source of antioxidants in the american diet especially for people who don't eat vegetables Mm um i eat the dust etc so i mean it there's like I said, like the scientific evidence actually for whether coffee is good or bad for you is not 
clear cut in any way. So there's no like particular reason to stop or not stop. But I do find it interesting that a bunch of people have decided to like say it's this like dangerous addictive substance in there. You know, it, that they need to have a I support can tell you one group. thing. If yeah. I was seriously convinced that I had a coffee addiction and that I was having suicidal thoughts because of my coffee withdrawals <laughs> and Esquire called me to talk about it, I would not <laughs> accept that offer. Keep it to yourself, guys, okay? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I don't see a lot of women on here. So, I don't know. That might take more investigation into the Reddit group. Maybe it's just because it's Esquire. Maybe they only yeah. talk to in men. the unemployed but... videographer for major brands, in quotes. Also, uh, yeah, maybe think... your internship was. But I'm also, I think a lot of the women who drink a lot of coffee don't aren't that introspective about it. They just drink a lot of coffee and get the kids to soccer practice or whatever it is that they exactly. have to do. Like they're not exactly well, women. I think a lot of women gazing about their coffee addiction. But I think especially moms are perennially exhausted. Yeah, and he never like who hears about some guy feeling bad for himself because he slept fourteen hours a day. They would say, "You lucky bastard." <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, mom groups are all full of like T-shirts that say they're surviving on Dunkins and dry shampoo and like. You know, I mean, that's so I think women have less time to sit around thinking about whether their coffee addiction is like good for their mental health or not. Which brings me anyway, but it's Mother's what? Day this weekend. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say next, because we we're, just were talking oh, yeah. about moms. That's the transition the that Portland I was going to make. Yeah, we are going to the Portland Sea Dogs. So we want to hear from you what your Mother's Day plans are and what you're doing. I'm already mad about an article that I saw when I was doing show prep about... um brunch recipes that you should make for mother's day mm -hmm. which like for mother's day i'm not gonna sit here and make brunch <laughs> like what are they thinking and then they're like all hard recipes i mean okay some worse than others there's baked french toast that's not that bad okay mm -hmm. but then they want you know, to make little ham leek and cheddar frittatas that are made in muffin oh. cups which anytime and i don't care they always act like this is so easy in recipes but in my opinion, anytime you have to put anything into muffin cups, it makes the recipe really hard. It's difficult. It's like a pain to get put everything. The worst part of any baking recipe is always putting the thing in the pan effectively. Right. Yeah. But then add to that, like all the tiny little muffin pans and getting it in there evenly and not spilling it on the side and like. I never want to have to deal with muffin no, cups. They're so of, annoying. It's labor intensive. In, no. It's... And the recipe makes six of them. Yeah. So I'm going to go through all this effort to make six little frittatas in a muffin shape. Things like that. A breakfast tater tot hash. Eh. It's like a casserole. Yeah. I I don't... I'm not going to go out and cook on Mother's Day. Like That's not the point right. of it to me. Well, this Mother's Day you'll be taken care of because we'll be doing a family I'm activity. I'm going to be eating a hot dog. Down to Portland Sea Dogs. Portland Sea Dogs in Maine. And we thanks thanks Sea Dogs for helping, finding us up there. Yeah, that's great. That's uh, very exciting. But it's about doing stuff with the family, I think, is making family memories is fantastic. Which brings me to a family um, endeavor called Melissa's. Uh, Melinda's, sorry. Melinda's hot sauce. I've been eating melinda's for for years like every everybody else mm -hmm. um i think that it 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 i think it was let me see where it is there was a special a special a, a special um flavor that i got 
Oh, the trip quadruple X reserve, XXX, four X's reserve um, that I found somewhere. And this blew me away. And this is why I reached out to them. I reached out to a woman named Bella Figueroa. Now, Bella Figueroa, her last name is Figueroa. And the Figueroa family, speaking of families, runs Melinda's Hot Sauce. You guys have seen this everywhere. Um, and they've got a thousand different... A thousand different flavors. I was now, shocked how many flavors yeah, came in there. Yeah, so here's a little bit of their promo film. We're not in it to be David Figu Figu Budweiser Figueroa. or Tabasco. We're in it to be Melinda's. We're in it to bring something that we feel that we made at home in our kitchen, something that tastes amazing, and we're going to give it to you for you to try, too. We were a chili head family. We grew up uh, in Kentucky. Then we moved to a city like New Orleans where, you know, we... We just jumped right in feet first and adopted the New Orleans culture, Mardi Gras, Jazz Fest, all the festivals, all the things that are going on. New Orleans and food and culture go together like a weave. Now, you can't have one without the other. The industry itself, when we first came out with Melinda's, we were, we were like the godfathers of the craft pepper sauce industry. We were national in two years. We just took the, the market by storm. No one had ever seen a thick, chunky pepper sauce that you could see the ingredients, you could see the seeds. Think about beer before there was craft beer. What did we have? We had Budweiser, Coors, Miller Lite, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're all looking for something new and interesting all the time. I think everyone is. I think that's just... So let me tell you something. This hot sauce, and they sent us over, uh, they sent us over a bunch of hot sauce. And I've been eating it. And thanks again to Bella Figueroa. Um, I'm a little afraid because I'm like you. I'm not a pepperhead, but I was looking through, and in there they have a ratings guide. If some of them are not as spicy, so I'm going to try the, those and ones. And um, me and James tried them, and a couple of them. One of them almost killed him because it was because I'm way not too a hot. chili head like you. Right. Actually, that made me think. You know what's probably coming next is they're going to add. Um, <clears throat> chili use disorder to the DSM <laughs> soon and you're going to be a prime candidate for yes. having developed a tolerance for so the ghost pepper sauce is actually five stars the, here's the thing mm -hmm. is it the, why i think these guys are different and these it, these sauces are different and here's some of the, the it's chipotle scotch bonnet red savina and there's some thicker sauces as well the black black truffle hot sauce is gorgeous this is why i think these guys are awesome is because they're not making sauces. They're making food. This stuff is so well thought out and such and it's so delicious. Peri peri sauce, peri peri garlic, Thai sweet green. Thai sweet is not. I, I don't. I'm not into Thai. I probably want the Thai yeah, sweet. Yeah, I like, like that. that. Um, even the pizza hot sauce. This stuff is. They because I like actual like Thai sweet chili sauce. Yeah, like yeah, the sauce that they make. In my mind, from what we've had so far from <laughs> them, is that the, uh, these are these are meals. The hot sauce is better tasting, and you can tell. This is why it's a family thing, that they're in love with great taste, and he knows. Mm -hmm. Isn't the, it the interesting? The figurers know that they're creating something special, and it's awesome. Isn't it's it interesting too? Because it, it kind of reminds me of what we talked about before about like seasoning being food, like onion powder is made of onions. Yes, the chili powder that's in your spice cabinet is chili but ground and dried up and like you can choose to buy things that are like made of food that add flavor to your food instead of like oh, having yeah. it powdered and dried you know we're not like 
<clears throat> totally. We're not like traveling on a ship across the ocean where we need to have, or like astronauts where we need to have dried powdered versions of our food. Like, so that's what's nice about having a sauce that's like that. That's like made yeah, out of real you... stuff and tastes like delicious chilies with all the they've, flavor. They've thought of it. It's so thoughtful. These guys are so thoughtful. And it's not some of this. Some of it is very hot. Some of the Melinda's is, is very hot. Some of it is 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 um, is mild. But here's the thing: what it's not is he's right. It's not Tabasco. Even though there's a place for Tabasco, and I like Tabasco, but Tabasco is vinegar and yeah. I was going to say it's more like almost a buffalo-y kind, of, not quite, but in that category even, because of the vinegar flavor. Right, and that's like that's a different thing. That's not what's happening with Melinda's. I would almost put them in different parts of the store because. These sauces are so intricate, and it, it, it once again I say it comes from a chef. Now I have a history with hot sauces. We know this, Alice. Mm -hmm. Going way back, my mother was. So when are you going to tackle making a hot sauce? Well, I essentially I'm getting closer and closer. Yes, yeah, so even if your chilies are basically a hot sauce. So at I this grind point. these chilies, um, these chili peppers, of various. I've done bonnet peppers. We grow some of them in our kitchen. Yes, and so we have a pepper so tree I grind in our them kitchen, up, and then I add. Um, Avocado oil and salt now, and I use those as sauces on different things. And I did last night as well. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I'll just put them in a slice of turkey or something, and they're delicious. Right. Um. For when James and I first started eating the Melinda's, we were having it with oh um, with a cold cut, uh, a slice of turkey with okay. tzatziki and the Melinda's. Okay, hot so sauce the on. cooling sensation of the tzatziki and the and plus hot. I, I missed tzatziki when I was doing when I was on the primary weekend one eighty regimen. I couldn't really have that because the dairy. Right. Um, but but I, I've been a fan of hot sauces for a while, and you know, at the way back at the Red Hat, I got so good at eating hot stuff. Eventually, I, I assume that that I've burned a hole in my stomach. But I was chili use disorder. But my, my but my my mother who had traveled the world as a stewardess, she was a big salsa fan. So back when there was only a couple of brands that you could ever find, she would have hot salsa in the early eighties in the house, and it would just burn it would burn so badly. And it, but I would like I'd like it anyway. And then by the the nineties rolled around, I was I was I was p pasting um, chili flakes on pizza. Like late night, out at night, uh, I just do that because I like the pain, the burn a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so it's pizza, so it's delicious and painful, you know. So it's all the thing. And then I just got really good at better at hot sauces. You know, I could, I could certainly. I, I, at the Red Hat, I was, I drank Tabasco and, you know, as a bet or a lark or whatever. And although I did hurl immediately, it, um, you know, it, there's no pain anymore. You get good at these things. So, but now I'm definitely, I'm not a hard guy. Oh, hot sauce thing like oh I can take that a hundred thousand Scoville's mm -hmm. I, d I demand taste I've done that before where you have like some kind of insanity sauce well, that where was you have you to tried use the gloves one chip and stuff challenge like that and then and... when you do when you do it I was like doubled over in Faneuil Hall for four hours one night I couldn't like operate mm -hmm. anymore but like you guys tried the one chip challenge and yes. you said it was like that but it was it was joyless it's just it tasted bad and was just super just burning your mouth for no nothing no joy or yep. happy feeling so oh yeah that's pointless yeah, in the, but the but yeah. So now I demand taste, and that's why I'm thrilled with the Melinda's. And I'm thrilled that they sent us so much of it. By the way, that's very exciting. How it's cool! Lovely. And there's so the... we'll continue to review as I yes. try some of them as well. I'll continue to bring you my thoughts on the different, more mild Melinda's flavors. Um, and uh, can I address one more topic briefly? Please do. Alice. That uh, before we go today, because this um, 
We've got four minutes. Okay. This made me think of us. Um, which is that, do you remember there was sort of this weird viral news story that in New Jersey there was like all this pasta in the woods? No. Like 500 pounds of pasta. Ooh. Um, yeah, so it's just like somebody happened upon it. There was like cooked all this pasta. So in the photos, it appeared to be cooked. But it turns out what happened is it was a guy, he was cleaning out his parents' house after they passed away, and they had been hoarding food from COVID. Oh. And they had all this pasta, and he threw it out in the woods dry because their town doesn't have enough trash pickup. This is what would happen if I died in this house. Yeah. <laughs> you would have to get rid of my COVID, my stash of stuff, and you probably would have to dump it in the woods. So... Uh, he dumped the pasta out there. It was dry when he put it out there, apparently, but the woods got it wet, so yeah, then course. it looked cooked. cooked yeah. And so that's why it was out there. That so, makes sense. Mystery... I'm surprised the animals didn't whack it out. Yeah, mystery has been solved. But yeah, um, just one of the things that can happen in your town if you don't have enough trash pickup. Ooh. It's kind of an interesting thing that he went, like, <laughs> you wouldn't like, don't eat it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was expired. I don't know. Maybe they Does won't it take expire? it. Well, maybe they don't take it if it says it on the date past it or something. What I would your know. last meal be, Alice? Last meal? Yeah. Let's say it, 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 there's a catastrophic uh, crash of ice into your teeth. And it's, almost, <laughs> it's almost fatal. What would your last meal be before you expired? I don't know. It really depends on my mood. I want different things at different times. I can't give you a once and for all. No. Okay. You I need more time? I can't. I mean, I guess. <sighs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're getting deeper into this. <laughs> You're a difficult first date, Alice. <laughs> I asked her questions and she tabled everything. Wasn't really willing It depends to... on the mood I'm in when I'm about to be executed. I can't decide right now. Um... I think um, a Big Mac meal with a McDonald's shake would have to be in the conversation of things that would be like in my top five Big Mac possibilities. meal because you want the fries. No, I want the Big Mac. But I like McDonald's fries a lot. Okay. Yeah, but you said meal, so you're getting fries. Yeah, but you replace the drink with a shake. Like I used to do when okay. I was pregnant with James and then I, had a, I would double it. I would get two Big Mac meals with a shake. Because uh, that is a sick person. Well, no, I think people can understand that. I mean, people generally would look at that and say, um, Big Mac meals are good. They've done good for the world. They're a net mm -hmm. positive uh, in the world. I just don't think that the 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 um, having fries would not be anywhere near my last meal anywhere. <laughs> oh, I don't, like little but they pieces, go nicely with the Big Mac. Little pieces of potato. Potatoes are good. Makes no sense. I throw a fillet of fish in there or something. Chips like that. are also good. I'm more a snacker than a meal person anyway, though.
cowboy. He was impatient looking. 